We live. I have something to tell y'all. Remember how we talked about Alexander Dugin, that like magician who works for Putin in Russia? Yes, we did. (laughs) Somebody put a fucking car bomb in his shit and tried to kill him. And his wards made it so his daughter took the car bomb instead of him. Ooh. Yeah. Damn. That is, uh... That's... So it kind of made me think about an interesting topic for um, today's episode. We could talk about, like, court magicians of the world and the real not-so-known fact that a lot of places hire... Like, I was talking to my mom about this because she asked me, do you think the Illuminati is real? And I'm like, yes and no, mom. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, one, there's no unified group that just runs everything that's unrealistic. Like, the world is in conflict with itself. You can't tell me that all these opposing groups are going to have, like, one leadership. That's just stupid. But that said, pretty much every group of people who run shit in the world know that magic exists and they either employ of their own practice of hiring a practitioner or deliberately suppressing people in the area around them so that they can't do it against them you know what i mean Hmm. Hmm. and Hmm. that's kind of like what i was thinking we could do as a starting topic so that we had something to chat about i don't know of any other secret society working (laughs) (laughs) well we all know that alistair alex uh Alistair Crowley got hired by the Crown during the time of like World War One and Two, right? Or not one, but World War Two. So yeah, it's like that's that was a little if, bit before his time. If yeah, someone's if someone's getting hired to do top secret stuff, you're not gonna find out about it to begin with, you know? Right. So yeah, the only kinda... just secret societies that I can even begin to chime in on is, is half of my family is part of the Masons, which some uh, uh, allege has connections to what w- what would be considered the Illuminati. Um, I can tell you, it's just a bunch of racist old white men who I was just hate say their wives people. and they just drink a lot, and then they like also like hate anyone that's not white and Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> So they're Funny just thing about the Masons organization. <laughs> Hang on, let me get my bow on. Another but funny they claim thing about they're the Masons... fine because they have a sister organization that all the women can join. <laughs> Yay! Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's Jay, why they get a beautiful staring. building in downtown Philadelphia. <laughs> they kind of built this city. Built this we city built this city. Oh, sorry. Copyright infringement. Copyright infringement. <laughs> no, we actually looked up Are the they... rules about cover songs. So I would say that counts yeah. as a cover. <laughs> um, <laughs> another thing about the the Masons, though, is they came about because they were essentially like a union of Masonic workers who built the castles for kings back in the day in Europe. And they had collected interests and they unionized it or like made a guild more or less. And naturally, they had a lot of money. They had a lot of power. They had a lot of influence. They, you already had to study a fair amount to do masonry as is. It wasn't just like a simple task. You had to learn about angles and math and a lot of that stuff. And you also have to understand how back in Europe, back in the day in Europe, knowledge of things like math is some pretty um, upper class shit. Yeah. <laughs> Mathematics so, was considered witchcraft. 
not a only point. so and you have to understand how the how the circles of knowledge work you'd overlap with a lot of witchcraft people practicing in the time because you're studying math right like that's also kind of like how people who are considered early alchemists were actually like practicing a craft unto themselves right so they naturally did pick up some shit from other practitioners which is why they have like ritual ritual and formula and how they draw stuff off of their cornerstones and how they use that as like a representation of like the fun fundamental building blocks of the universe and how everything draws off of that perfection and replicating itself and that's why there's like a ceremony when they're building something around when they place a cornerstone yeah i've read my shit drew's just like nodding <laughs> like okay she's not she's not on she's not talking shit she's actually right on this um, yeah philly in particular has a Philly in particular, especially downtown Philly, its design is very Masonic uh, influence. Like, uh -huh. they had a huge influence in building the city. The so. Masons own all of Center City, Philadelphia. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Like, because they uh, have a lot of money. It, like, a, money. like, a lot of our structures, like, if you go to Center City, Philly, you see um, what is now City Hall. Um, that building is, is uh, completely made by the Masons. And then right across the street are, uh, is the Masonic Temple. And then uh, there's another Gothic church, but that church was, interestingly, although it's Catholic, was also Mason by the Freemasons. Um, St. Peter's Basilica was built by the Masons. Is that what that is? Yes. Um, St. <laughs> Peter's Basilica, yeah. And so, like, there's that too. Uh, and all, all of that area. Uh, it's going out for, a, I don't know, like, how many clicks out from Center City, but it goes out in, like, a square. Mm -hmm. uh, as, as And the city actually pays... The, uh, the masons rent um for using city hall in philadelphia at least that's uh it was true um it was true when i was like in my teens so yeah i don't know I if the city actually owns city hall at this point i don't know if they actually own the building you know what i was researching that sounds like the, some uh, capitalism yeah i don't know but um i was researching the other day about city because I, I had to work in the office a couple weeks this summer and so it's right near City Hall. And so like on my lunch break, I was like, All right, let me just because they have the courtyard open now with the compass in, in the middle. And so I, I stood in, in the very center. But it's also like really hard to just stand in the center of City Hall in the middle of the day because there's a million people walking by you. And so I tried to do it in very non, I don't know, like a very casual kind of way. Like, hey, I'm not an occultist standing in the middle of downtown Ville. Go about your business. Um, but I was just kind of just like getting the vibe and I just really noticed there are so many statues and gargoyles on the outside of that building. There are so many. And I realized like, like not only do like you have like you have William Penn up at the top, or it is Penn up at the top, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always oh, yeah. mix up him and Ben Franklin. Don't fucking ask why. <laughs> anyway, old white guy at the top of the building. And, um... And there's a bunch of other statues, and one of them was actually, I think it is it one of them is like a statue of a Native American, um, and it shows that because it was actually like recorded that William Penn himself, um, he had a he he tried to do it right when he first founded this area, like when he first came here, I guess, and started building this city it was like he tried to form a relationship with the tribes that were here, his sons did not carry that on. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but I was looking at like all the guard or all the statues on city hall. It, there's like 
30 something or like there's there's a million of them and they all have really specific deep symbolism that's really interesting like a whole book just on the mm-hmm. statues or there's there's a lot of like uh um sacred geometry and mm-hmm. and that goes into like mason work um similar i always said like uh a lot of the like the trades work um like from yesteryear way back when um like even like blacksmithing magic stones you know stone uh masonry uh magic like all of them had like a distinct form of magics that they worked with um but of course like masons weren't the only people using like um uh, uh designing buildings with magic in mind you know um i know in like uh, um I forget the proper pronunciation, so I'm just going to Anglo-Saxonize it, but feng shui. Um, they also, uh, in, in uh, certain parts of Asia, build um, houses and things like that using certain principles. But feng shui can also be, once again, about like geometry, a number sacred to the traditions um, present there. So like that's Now they just build shit anyway, about any sort of... <laughs> rhyme or reason i was i was seeing a lot of um twitter threads about like modern design right like how it's very like there's no personality really in it it's very plain flat sharp distinct lines you know like this sort of like modern aesthetic um some of them just look like souped up shipping containers you know some of these like housing things but um I was thinking the reason maybe why our architecture is so simple, one, probably because capitalism, right? And we just want to pump things out as say. fast as possible, right? So that's one well, of the reasons. But I was also thinking maybe another reason could be because, like, our lives are so busy, you know what I mean? Like, we have so much stimuli coming at us all the time from our phones, from TVs, from, like, everything all the time all around us that maybe we just like subconsciously maybe we need our environments to not be as busy because we're so busy from our devices and all these other things it depends um i do know a big leading factor is the fact that prettier houses cost more money and people are so financially oppressed that like we can't afford to beautify our homes and a lot of us can't even afford to have them like have proper insulation to begin with right like my mm-hmm. house here uses double single pane windows which is super fucking illegal right because it creates an air pocket inside that cools to the outside air temperature and it doesn't do anything to cut thermal insulation <clears throat> and we're gonna have to fight with our landlords just to get them to replace it right so if we mm-hmm. can't even get our basic like insulation needs taken care of and our hot water re- heaters replaced we certainly don't have money to beautify any of that shit right and when you do see some modern concept homes, they can be really pretty and ex- extravagant too, right? But mm. it's just, I think that so much of the class divide has happened that like that type of like fanciful housing is borderline unaccessible to somebody who's middle class or lower unless they explicitly build their own houses like my father does, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and like that is something... architects are expensive too. They are. Mm. And like getting a house yeah. built was something that like, we were looking into for a minute because we were like well mm-hmm. is it really more cost efficient just to buy a plot of land and then get a get someone to build your house you know like is it the same for a while there the cost was it was actually more efficient you know to kind of just mm-hmm. pay a little bit more and get a house that's built exactly how you want it to be 
um, versus, you know, spending almost the same amount of money and you're inheriting all the problems of a hundred-year-old house. Yes. Um, especially, you know, if you live in an old part, if you live in an old part of the country, like, Philly's old. Shit's been around a long time, so old as shit. Um, but now everything's just fucked, so it's, you know, don't even think about that. <laughs> like, the whole market's just yeah. fucked, so whether well, you build or buy, it's all shit. <laughs> Eventually we'll have a collapse or we'll have a revolution as we're going right now is just unsustainable to the point where like not even the environment will let it sustain, you know, so there's hope in the fact that there's no way the system can exist as it is for the next hundred years. <laughs> it can't. Like it just, it just it, can't. It really can't. And I've been watching um the Sandman Netflix. I actually finished it all mm -hmm. up. I don't know if you've, if you finished it. I have uh I I well now I have four episodes I have three episodes but they just released actually the the two I didn't watch that you know, the two yet. bonus episodes we yeah. um, watched that last night but I've watched the majority oh. of it so right and honestly nothing's really a spoiler but like this this ongoing concept in the show of if enough humans dream it it will become reality like it becomes that reality in their reality not in the dream world or whatever. that's some dkmu shit right there <laughs> right it's very very it's like as i'm watching it i was like well obviously like neil gaiman he's an cultist you know <laughs> he's 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 an neil gaiman's an old school chaos magician right? yeah like mm -hmm. he's of course he's gonna have the exact same tenets that we do yeah and like basically like the whole time i'm watching sandman i was like i feel like i'm at church like i feel like i'm getting a sermon like this is mm -hmm. this is religion for me right like thinking about manifesting your dreams and you no know, it's also interesting because like that show has spurred off so many magical conversations in the server i'm in right now and mm -hmm. i've like not read them because they do the spoiler blocks on it and mm -hmm. i will eventually watch the show if it's that good right it is very but, good like yeah. Apparently, like even people are discussing magical theory crafting based off of the shit they're seeing in it. So yeah, right, it and I just feel like right. Neil, like Neil Gaiman, like as an occultist, like I feel like he just had someone on speed dial at Netflix, right? And in 2020, he probably <laughs> called them and was like, "Listen, I don't like well, this, so we're gonna need to release Sandman in the next couple years. Can we get that going?" <laughs> like I just feel Netflix like that's what has happened. shown. Netflix has shown a total willingness to release subversive material or controversial stuff. Like, look at Midnight Gospel, right? What? I never watched that. A lot of people were raving about what? that. Midnight know, Gospel yeah. is basically um, a guy who does a podcast like we do, where he talks about like concepts like life, death, God, magic, that kind of shit, um, psychedelics, you know, and they animated his his podcast to a tv oh, show Midnight and kind of strung yes. it together with a with a loose plot yeah i was mixing that with another horror looking kind of show midnight ass oh that's um you're talking about the uh the really good vampire um mm. vampire where they're on an island no idea I don't know, something like a small town. I don't know. But yes, yeah, I no, did yeah, I did see the first a, episode of Midnight it's Gospel. Like really good vampire. If you're into like 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 a like a vampire horror, it's actually really good. But I digress. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about, Sophia. I couldn't think about it, but it's really psychedelic. Like the show itself is very, very colorful. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. We tried to watch it. We tried we watched I don't think the I was first high episode. Enough. 
Yeah, I was like, we need shrooms to watch this show. Like, <laughs> I was like, not even, there's not enough marijuana for me to. <laughs> or maybe it was like, show. maybe we had to get to. <laughs> I was ep- like, maybe we had to get to episode two. Maybe that's where it was. Like, we just got to I mean, episode one. We need flying I think any to show, watch this. <laughs> any show Nothing. that's sufficiently that. subversive will take a few episodes to get the drift of if you're mm. not already aligned with the currents that it's talking about, right? True. So for yeah. like somebody who's been who's been like like for example, um Fish Sticks knows the guy who made that show. She worked in a call center with him, right? Oh, that's so cool. like some of the conversations that happen in the show I've actually had with Fish on like uh, a one-to-one basis right That's neat. um so i'm already kind of primed for a lot of the subject material and i've like had a lot of those experiences or talked about some of the things that goes on in the show because of like the spheres that i'm in right but to somebody who isn't it does it will take you a little bit to kind of grok the whole thing and like any show you always need to see more than one episode because the first episode is typically designed in a way to hook you, whether it's by being so strange that you have to watch more to figure out what it's about, or by giving you like a cliffhanger so deep that you can't ignore it, or by having world building so interesting that you just want to see where it goes. And Scott, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. They try to hook you. And mm-hmm. because of that, sometimes they make weird um, artistic or production decisions in the first episode that they wouldn't in other ones and sometimes the first episode is straight up a pilot which is shot with far less budget and um money and then it gets approval from the studio and then they keep that first episode and everything after that's different that's why the first episode of rick and morty is so different from like the rest of the show you know yeah it's actually funny my friend rick he actually hated rick and morty i watched the first episode i fucking hate did you watch the second episode yeah and then i liked it (laughs) Usually yeah, because the first sometimes. episode was a pilot. Yeah. Like, honestly, the first time I watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the first episode, I was like, eh? And then I rewatched it later, and then I watched the second episode, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, the show's actually great. Yeah, this is an amazing show. <laughs> I see you yeah, giggling over there, Scott. <laughs> and it's because the first episode's a pilot, almost yeah. always. Unless it's a show that they know they're going to greenlit a whole thing ahead of time would like disney will do they greenlit the entire season of mandalorian um i'm pretty sure before they even shot a fucking uh trailer for it right mm-hmm. stuff like that they'll they'll put the whole production budget into it from the get-go but pilots get significantly less let me just tell you i can imagine sometimes i feel so silly because like a lot of my belief in magic comes from fiction it comes from things quote real so um I get so like I love when like new like occulty like shows like this come out and they make you think and because then it, it just like re-inspires me to like do the magic and do the work and investigate this you know like accessing the dreaming or whatever it may be because really it's just like I don't know it's lucid dreaming it's something that like we've been studying for a long long time and that's kind of what they touch on in Sandman and I just like I guess there's been a lot of synchronicity and even like what you said in like last recording, Sophia, how you said like a lot, it seems like a lot of people have kind of like, um, given into this, the future is bleak and dystopian and that's just the way it is. And pip, pip, get back to work, you know? And that's not, it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be, but that's what we're all collectively like being forced to think that that's the only way and it's 
really not the only option that we have. Like we could be better. And in order for us to serve, yeah, like it really is. It's like they just like, like I always say all the time. I'm like they just want to keep us. Like they like the people that are in power now, whoever these are, you know, this capitalist machine, they just want to keep us dumb and sick and, you know, and, and just needing them, you know, like just needing just a little bit more. I just need a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more to get ahead. Um, the more docile you are, the less you'll fight. Right. And I don't like that. <laughs> One of my favorite sayings is if it was hopeless, they wouldn't need propaganda. Mm, I like mm. that. That's a good point because they really it. just reinforce it. Like it's just reinforced <laughs> all the time. Like this quiet quitting thing that everyone's talking about. Like what? Don't like what's quiet quitting? Get me started. Oh, so yeah, take quiet, the reins on the quiet quitting. Uh, please, um, quiet quitting is this term that Wall Street Journal, that Bloomberg, that New York Times has grasped onto, and it's literally it's doing your job and that's it not doing extra work like unpaid work not going above and beyond for your corporation is quiet quitting just doing your job is quitting and that's the narrative they're pushing now because people aren't standing for this bullshit anymore <laughs> they are doing the exact requirements of their job and they are clocking the fuck out after the end of the day they're not staying an extra couple minutes they're not doing the extra thing they're not going not that extra step email at 8 p.m you fucking asshole the and... hours are from nine to six that's it and people ontario passed that. a law where you don't have to answer any work emails after work Let's play a game. Okay. The game is let's think about the future that we want. Like that that meme that goes around this is the future liberals want. What is the actual future liberals want? What do we want? Emancipation from capitalism, uh land back and basically an ability to have freedom again. I know Universal that sounds way oversimplified. UBI well, I know that sounds way over simplistic, but we don't have freedom right now, right? Mm -mm. If you have to make a decision under coercion for the sake of your life, you're not making a free informed decision, right? Our entire system is based off of coercion, right? You don't have the freedom to move to another city if you don't have money. You don't have the freedom to survive a like you don't have the freedom to live if you can't survive a life-threatening illness because you don't have health care you don't have freedom of career development or whatever the fuck you want in your field of study if school is only paid for by loans that will put you into like an entire life's worth of suffering right what we have is a society that from its fundamental most layer up until getting very rich because when you're rich you get freedom right you can buy whatever you fucking want what we want is a society where everybody gets to be free not just the people at the top and i know that sounds massively reductionist but that's it that's all we've ever really wanted is freedom freedom to love who we want freedom to live where we want freedom to live how we want and if it's not hurting other people why the fuck should it not be allowed right if we're not destroying the planet if we're not doing something that violates somebody else's informed consent, what's the fucking problem, right? Because 
ultimately we live in a society we live in a society that has no freedom if you don't have money and money and freedom are tied to each other right and it is a massive crime against humanity that we've been putting up with for far too long i mean i i honestly don't even think what you said was reductionist at all i think it was a a great simplification of an incredibly big issue honestly yeah um yeah, because all I of those really things kinda... like universal basic income and like healthcare for everyone, like all of those things ensure that you have the freedom right. to live and your I also, life. I think too that like this incorporates like um like to kind of think to bring it back to sort of I guess uh magic. Also just real quickly to anyone listening, I apologize, my partner, if you hear him snoring in the background, he works overnight and everywhere in the house oh, is full of people him. i can't hear him. okay um as i was saying though uh, a lot of people in magic i'm sure we, we've all heard this where people are like you know it's uh not only is it hard to practice magic or be spiritual but also to sort of like um i guess to have time for it you know what i mean and i think or to even have the space to engage with it and I think that, or in religion in general, you know, for, for different uh, religions around the world, et cetera, like, we've, I think that just in general, things that make us happy, you know, our hobbies in general, you know, um, it's hard to even have time for those things when you're so busy, you know, trying to feed the machine, you know, when you're, when you're work, exhaustion, sleep, work, exhaustion, sleep, wash, rinse, repeat. Um, and I think freedom also comes into having time for your hobbies. If you like to garden, if you like to sew, if you like to knit or play D&D or go LARPing or, um, you know, whatever your interests may be, I think freedom also uh, should, uh, you know, um, incorporate the more, uh, the, also like the sort of the macrocosmic um, portion of freedom where it's like freedom to kind of uh, to follow your bliss. Um you know, uh, I think like, you know, you know, but I also think it, it once again, of course, you can't really separate these things because uh, to kind of go uh, to sort of go off of what Sophia was saying, like, um, was it were we talking about this the last time I was uh, alone? I don't remember. But the uh, the shorter work week, mm-hmm. you know, like the three day work week and stuff like that. Um, I think that those things are like essential. I don't I mm-hmm. think that for many, many, many businesses Obviously, like, I'm not talking maybe necessarily about medical, you know, because we can't, you know, we can't stop people from having medical medical problems. But, um, you know, for for many, many other businesses, there is no real reason for them to be open and kind of consuming the time of people who, who who have lives to live, you know, who have things to do and people to see and and uh friends to engage with and i think that um you know people in general talk about you know i don't live i'm not alive just to work and die you know um and i think though that once again like sophia was saying like it, it it's not fair that flight like travel by flight is so expensive or even a ship a boat like cruise cruise lines are ridiculously expensive you know, like these these things that get you to experience other things. That's that the experiencing other places and experiencing um, engaging with other people that are not like yourself. That's how we bring people together. Um, is through uh, actually learning about each other through through active um, participation 
You know what I'm saying? Like you, you actively have to be present with people that are not like yourself. And it's not fair that those things are uh, paywalled. Um, to use like, it's like a gamer term, mm. you know, I don't know. I think like all of these things are, uh, these are the things that are important to me. Um, I mean, obviously, of course, everything Sophia said, but I, I also like, I want time. Like I think about it. I was just talking to a friend of mine about, um, uh, I, I would love, uh, uh, to homestead a little bit. Mm. Um, I want to grow like my own vegetables and, um, that kind of thing. I was thinking maybe like have like maybe like one bee box and, and, uh, maybe like a, a couple of chickens for my own eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, just because like, I, I really want to be able to cut costs on our food and, and grow my own food, that kind of thing. But, um, be self-sufficient like, and you kind of know where your stuff's coming from. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong, like, I don't need everything to come from my backyard. I just want to, you know, but what I'm trying to get at is, is that, like, I also want to grow, like, fruit trees and stuff, um, for, partly for magic, partly for fruit, you know, um, mm -hmm. but the thing is, is that my gardening is part medicine, part food, and uh, my hot curse work. hobby. Uh-huh. I said uh, my poison... part curse work. <laughs> my poison garden's a secret. No, secret. um <laughs> but, but um... your secret tree in the front of your yard that you can nail somebody's name to at midnight <laughs> isn't a secret. <laughs> um I was just thinking about something about that. But anyway, um <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh I was thinking about uh never mind. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, no, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, no, I was thinking about um a curse to make someone anxious using the aspen tree because it shakes, it shivers. Ah. Aspen trees shiver. So uh kind of creating... very sacred too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and using the aspens shivering and shaking to make someone anxious. But um it was just a, a passing thought. But I I digress. The point is is that gardening takes time. And it's a lot of work. And I think, though, that I should have a right to want to homestead my property. Like, I, I feel like I should be allowed to have the time to treat my trees in case they have, you know, bacteria or infection. And, and to, to ensure that my plants are free of, of um, pests. You know, like, and I know that, like, for a lot of people, especially, you know, like, the conservative party um they believe that these things sound like you know uh the millennials and gen z's whining you know mm -hmm. you're all you know what is, what do they say you know whiners were babies and and whatever we work you know? more hours than they do we put up with more shit than they do and we have less to show for it but go right. off about how we complain even though they write fucking constant complaint articles about us you know right. maybe evidence shows to the contrary that they're the giant fucking complainers because if everywhere you go smells like shit it's probably your own ass but <laughs> i digress very true <laughs> but um i don't know i think i think these like simple things that i want uh i don't know i i don't think it's much to ask for i i, I just i think it should just be given you know no it, they're not too much to ask I, for not I even agree. yeah it's like you need to set the motions in place like i would like to believe and i'm going to put hope and i'm going to put power and energy and kind of direct my focus into this and the sense of like 
by the time I'm in my retirement years, right, 60s, 70s, around there, I am going to hope that the seeds of change have at least sprouted in the sense of, like, people, mm. most people will wake up and start to realize, like, one, we all live on this planet and we have to take care of it if we all want to survive as a species. Period. Mm. End of discussion. So I hope that people will wake up enough by then. It will be far too late <laughs> to do, like, to prevent a huge amount of shit happening, but you know what? It will happen, and I think humanity has realized a lot of things about us too late. Um, that's just kind of our big flaw. But I do hope that by that time, you know, we'll have reached that point, at least with that. I'm and then up also, an echo on you, Jay, through through Ruse, Mike. Oh, sorry. Surprised it's picking me up. You must have like a super mic over there. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> I don't think I'm talking that loud. I can't tell what these headphones. I know. Are. I They're honestly hard. think it was you coming through. I was too close to the mic, and it was mm. coming through my. Oh, maybe that's what it was. I was leaning too close. But I also hope that people, like, reshape their thinking in the sense of like. Life is not about getting over on other people so you get ahead. That's not mm. like that's not oh. what we're doing here. Like we as humanity should be preserving the planet. We should be preserving humanity. We should be preserving everything that's on this planet. Like life. Life has to mm -hmm. you need to preserve life. I just I am putting all my hope and energy into like by that point in my life, I'm old as shit. At least I could maybe, like, you know, leave this iteration of my existence knowing that at least, like, the work has started. Because people mean, take a long time to get it together. I might be an idealist, but I, I think it has. I think the seeds are there. I, I think that, um you know, not to keep going with the, the plant analogies here, but... um. You know, some plants are harder to grow than others, and um, sure, it's it's taken us a little while, and maybe we're a tiny little seedling, but I I think that um the fact that we're having conversations, the fact that there are people who are trying, even in political spheres, they may not be perfect themselves, mm -mm. but I think the fact that we're trying is a great start. Um, I know trying it's it's exhausting because it's like you know people are hurting, people are dying, try you know there is no try, only do, but um, I don't know if that's re like you know the reality of of i don't I don't know if it's a reality to expect instantaneous change hmm. um I think that instantaneous change at times could cause harm, so maybe. I don't know. Not saying that there's a reason for the suffering, because that's toxic as hell. Right, like, I think about it all the time, right? So, like, if all of a you sudden... You get what I'm trying to get at. Like, if all of a sudden tomorrow, right, we woke up, and it was like, everyone has universal basic income. Everyone makes $1,000 a month. Everyone. Like, one, how do you orchestrate that? Like, how do you make sure that the, the, 
the funds are available for that or this or that like like there was no like it would just be insane to do like immediately like certain well, things like that you and change tax like, jeff bezos right yeah and then just cut everyone a check for two grand um <laughs> but even like taxing like even taxing the rich right like mm -hmm. i mean it's like, a huge uh, process it, because they find me... every fucking tax loophole that exists right like it reminded me of um david hogue that uh that young gentleman who unfortunately was in a school shooting mm. here in the states um he was a, he was a young teen when it happened he's a young man now um i don't know exactly how old but he's not uh he's closer to darian's age my partner than he is ours but um he uh he's not even necessarily himself a politician i believe he's in college studying like political science but mm. um he actually, uh, due to his platform that he created, uh, because he went on to become an activist, uh, professionally so, he, you know, went and joined organizations and things, and he actually had um, a hand in some of those latest gun control reform stuff that recently happened here in the States. Um, and sure, it's not it's not everything we wanted, but he actually had a big hand in in that. And for him, he was saying on his uh, Twitter the other day about how um, he believes that uh, things are different than before. He says, you know, being in these spaces, he said, like, there's, you see, he's like, he, the, the, uh, what I was, what I was kind of taking away from what he was saying was like, there's a difference when you're, you're looking at it from the outside. And then when you're in the spaces where you, you're doing the work um, and, and as far as like, you know, officially or what have you, especially from his interesting perspective, not being a politician, but being in official political spaces, talking to officials. Um, he still gets a perspective that I think is rare. And he, he he's like, you know, he said previously, he was like, I told you this time was different than before. And he was right. So I think, I think that um, change is coming. I think it just, uh, it has a lot of pushback. And uh, we're at a point now, I think, where... I mean, 2016 obviously didn't help um, with, you know, the 2016 election and, and you know, 45 and everything um, that created a, a, it emboldened a lot of people to to uh, come out from under their 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 holes, you know, and, and start acting like fools. wreaking havoc. Mm -hmm. And I think, though, that change is inevitable. I think that um the uh, the momentum that that we've that we've built um as a society overall i think it's not gonna it's not gonna diminish not really um it'll have its ups and downs but that's anything and everything so i don't know i, I mean i guess once again i might just be an idealist but um after our conversation last time about hope um i've been i've just been very uh and like making sure that I stay walking my talk, you know what I mean? Like making sure that I remain hopeful, finding those spaces where I can kind of be like, it's not ideal, but this is, I think, the, the, um, what change looks like in the beginning. Yeah. Like for me, like I'm a very, I'm kind of impatient sometimes. Like I can't, like I can be patient. But when it comes to yeah. big things, when it comes to things that I'm like, this needs to fucking change. This needs to stop. This needs to be different. It needs to be more whatever. I like, I want that to happen immediately. And the problem is, is like, you need to get so many other people on board 
with that same idea in order for them to understand that it needs to be changed in order for them to understand that it's a, that it's wrong that it's a problem um right and like at the same time though mm. i completely understand why people are restless for it to happen because things have been bad for so long mm -hmm. and it feels like it's so obvious that it should have been dealt with that we feel like oh it just needs to happen already because it yeah. should have happened like 20 years ago on mm -hmm. our parents watch but it didn't right and our generation also feels so hopeless that like we almost expect gen z to do something about it because we feel defeated at this point we i i mean i'm not gonna lie the whole like millennial defeatist kind of i mean like i guess millennials can really be broken down into like two groups the super fucking successful ones that were able to fucking figure it out and then us um <laughs> I don't really like think they figured it out though. Like I think that they just they got had lucky. opportunity. Opportunity. Yeah. I think a lot of them had opportunity because I've only ever seen yeah. like, like you know what it is with millennials. Um, for me, from my perspective, it's, it's it's really a case of the have and the have-nots. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. every one of them that has made it, all the have-nots didn't. Yep. If um, you had rich family, you made it, right? I mean, if yeah, you had family just, who could take care yeah. of you when you were broke, even family that wasn't rich like mine, the only reason I'm so successful right now and able to like get my shit together after a life of being fucked up is because my dad worked hard enough to save up a lot of money working in construction by making his own company that on the <clears throat> months where I couldn't afford rent, he'd help me cover it. Right. And he wouldn't just like send me money for fun or for whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I really needed it, he'd be there so that I never ended up on the street because of that. Right. And that ain't fucking rich people money. Like he had to like do extra work to get that money and pull it from mm -hmm. somewhere else. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But at the end of the day, because my family was willing to help me out and we were not bottom of the barrel poor, then we, I ended up making it. Right. And like, He's he's like closer to middle class if I were to describe it honestly at this point. Like we were definitely lower income at a certain point when I was younger, but he got more success as he climbed, right? And that's part of why I am not completely fucked right now, right? But also at the same time, he didn't have enough money to just let me go and do whatever surgery I wanted when I came out as trans. And when I lost my car, I still don't have a car, you know? Like there's a whole bunch of things like that. So there's degrees to it. And if your family had money, you probably ended up just fine. And I know that's going to hurt for some people to hear, but it's a fucking hard truth. It is. It is. And I, I was actually also going to say, I just couldn't find a way to put it in, but thank you for saying it. I also was going to say that, and this is just a perspective of a, of a have not, um, but who has family who are haves. Um, mm -hmm. They, uh, even they, they were uh, middle class, upper middle. Um, but uh, my mom's oldest sister um, even she, as time has progressed, I've noticed that that upper middle class, that bar is moving down mm -hmm. because of the way the economy is. And yeah. they're, they're, you know, they're feeling uh, not only, you know, what the doors that once opened for them in the early 2000s yep. began to sort of, the bar is slowly going this way. So even she is, even though obviously more than what we have, you know, me and my mom, but, um, even she has talked to my mom a lot, candidly, obviously, because they're sisters, about, um, I won't call them money troubles, but definitely money concerns. Definitely, mm -hmm. um, you know, but there was a thing when we were growing up about that upper middle class, middle class in general, really, 
because it's, it's middle class is different now, you know, yeah, the, that that change. So I'm um, just going to for no one just say middle class. Um, when we were growing up, they were a lot of the, the haves because they had more uh, social capital. They had more um, m- money power, you know, uh, uh, you know, yeah. And and that's and that's why though that's why millennials are so so split in that way. Yeah, and here's a good example too. My mom, she's just now earning like twenty bucks an hour, which is like the most that she's earned in her life. Mind you, that's with like inflation changes and the fact that she doesn't own a house now. She did own a house before when she lived with my dad when she got a home like loan back in the 1990s. But in the time that's happened, my mom went from being middle class by proxy of living with my dad, who has like his own construction company, to just straight up poor now. Like she earns 20 bucks an hour so she can afford shit, but she has to live with her sister and like she only gets a certain amount of hours per year she can't earn over a certain amount so she's never gonna break like 30 grand in a year or some shit like that like something abysmally small right and she's never going to own a house for the rest of her life and she knows that we were just talking about this right whereas my dad because he owns a construction company he takes contracts from the government as everything got worse for everybody else it actually stayed pretty consistent for him, right? So being able to consistently stay middle class means that you get to keep existing in the way that you are, right? <clears throat> so he still has his own home that he owns, right? He still has his company that he's going to pass on to my brother, right? He still takes government contracts because the government has money to spend. It's just regular people that don't, right? So there's a lot of fucked up layers to it that like he got through on it by being okay, but also his entire existence is defined by being subservient to the ruling class and making whatever the fuck he, they want him to. Right. And he wouldn't see it as such, but he, he truly is um, never going to break free of doing contracts for the rich man because that's how he's defined his entire existence. And he won't even let himself retire because he's got such Stockholm syndrome about it because that's what carried him through life. And he thinks he did right and did all these good things when in reality, he just allowed himself to be exploited so bad that he didn't have a life to spend with his kids and his family, mm-hmm. right? right? So like mm-hmm. he paid for that in costs in like, not having us in his life and like having most of the way that I even interacted with my dad as a human being was when he hired me onto his company because he wanted me to fucking take it over for him and the work and shit he tried to teach me right we don't really have a close relationship outside of like that as far as I know growing up so like everything he even had to get to stay middle class cost him every other aspect of his fucking life and he will never be able to admit it because he was taken such severe advantage of you know anyways this is me ranting about middle class destruction no i mean it's 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 apt you know what i mean like it's an important part of what we're talking about like you know and like i i think too that um the implications of what Sophia was talking about was also the sort of rampant um, trauma faced by our generation as well. The the lack of connection to parent, um, the the sort of uh, the exhaustion the, the exhaustion of our parents, which I've come to realize tends to be a part like a really big issue. They get so exhausted themselves trying to keep their families afloat uh, monetarily that they don't really have the space for anything else and so it becomes yep. toxic and it becomes you know unavailable resentful resentful, resentful. yeah and it, it it creates 
it's all conversations when dad says he drinks then kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> did your dad say that? Yes. He'd rather have a boat than kids? Yes. He straight up told me he would rather have a boat than kids. This is the same man that bought a $20,000 plot of land because he's extremely racist. Because he but didn't want he black people to purchase now. it and live behind him. <laughs> he's a real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. And he's on his way here now. Uh, um. He's literally in the air right now. No, I was, I was thinking what oh, you were saying, God. Sophia. How like it's like a fucked up like situation, like with your dad, right? So like I'm in a similar, like I'm mm -hmm. I'm sort of in a similar fucked up situation. So I, my job makes decent money, sure, but like um I'm living in a house, like it's an old family owned house. So like yeah, my family is directly helping me. They're not giving me money, but they are letting me live in this mm -hmm. old piece of shit house for free. Um, I just pay the utilities on it, so. Sure. Awesome. I deal with the things that come with living in an old, not taken care of house. Fine. I hate that, though, because it's still like, it's like a tether, you know what I mean, like, to my family. But I, I'm in a really fucked up situation in the sense of, like, my family, like, they grew up poor, but my grandfather, he worked a ton, funnily enough, in construction. He was a union carpenter, and he worked a shit ton of yep. overtime. And he worked overnights, and he just spent every hour of his life working, and then the other hours of his life drinking. And then um, yep. he just socked away a bunch of money, and he still lives in the shit neighborhood where he grew up in. He still lives down there, and he owns a couple properties, and he, he's not like a landlord or anything. He was in the past. He doesn't do that anymore. Um, yeah, but anyway, so he's sick. He's got some issues going on. He's got like a wound on his foot. You know, he's not doing well. He's doing okay, but no, I don't know. Got some things going on, some old man things going on. And the reality is, is that, hmm, okay, well, Grandpa might not, might die in the next months, years. Like, it may come sooner rather than we think. Turns out the dude is sitting on cash. Like, his properties have value. Um, he just squirrels away money like nothing. Like, he's a miser. Like, he lives like a homeless dude, but... He he's not yep. you know what i mean his bank accounts do not reflect his living situation and so um i'm in a really difficult position because i know the only way that i am going to improve my situation the only way i'm going to purchase a house is when that man dies and my inheritance comes to me because i know that there's money there and that will come to me because it's all in a will and it's all going to be split up and i know exactly how it's going to be divvied up i don't know the exact dollar amount but i know that it will be enough for me to put a down payment on a house and pay off yeah. my credit card debt and that is the only way i'm going to get ahead is with a large influx cash because i have great credit yeah but i have no cash to do anything with so i i'm constantly beating myself up because i'm like wow it's it's just really fucked up that the only way that I'm going to get ahead is when my grandfather dies. And that's really fucked up. Like, to just sit you know what, there though? and think about that. That's kind of the dilemma of the whole world. The only way everything is going to get better is when the people who are so decrepit and are refusing to change with the times pass away. And they True. can't, by anything in their power, stop it from happening. And that all of their wealth all of their influence, it will go to somebody else. 
and somebody else will be younger with more adapted to the world views. Mm -hmm. Even though some of us millennials, especially those of us insulated by money, like we talked about, will have more conservative views. They're going to be less conservative than the the generation before them. You know, like change is absolutely fucking inevitable. You can't fight it unless you are committing yourself to a losing battle. That's the only way you can do it, you know? And maybe um, that's why people And that's have... why conservatism over time ultimately loses out. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think maybe that's why, like, a lot of these people, these conservative views are seem so radicalized. Like, the shit that they say is wild. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, how the fuck could someone actually believe what the fuck you're saying? <laughs> like, are you serious right now? Like, who's that? I don't even know what the hell they're... One of these Trump advisors, she was saying something like, you know, I like my air conditioning in the summer, and if we switch to windmill energy, we're just not going to have air conditioning in the summer. I'm like, That's not true. I'm like, bitch, Windmill energy is actually <laughs> produced so much energy in the UK, they had to dial back its produ- production value because they weren't right. ready for it. But there's a they whole They didn't room... have the means to transmit and store it. <laughs> right. And like, it's like, logically, we know that. Factually, like, everything, like, we know this. Fact, science, all of this says... This chick is wrong. <laughs> but there's a whole room full of people like, yeah, applauding her and thinking the she's thing, like the fucking messiah. And I'm like, what? The thing is, is that the, the kind of brainwash, and it's, it truly is brainwash, very yeah. cult. Uh, many people who've studied cults have actually attributed, who, who you know, academically, they who studied cults and cult behavior. Um, we actually do find that there really is no difference. Um between sort of these cult-like, if you will, uh, followers of conservatism uh, and how they behave. The thing is, is that when it comes to that, it means that um, facts, science, data, hard data, et cetera, they no longer matter. It's not about yeah. the truth. It is about the, the, the belief the belief in, in it. Um, and the thing is, is that like... Uh, the breaking those things, it, it very much, unfortunately, is about you, like the individual. You have to be one. That's why That's why I think people talk about waking up, right? That's why I think we use that terminology, because a lot of um, cult survivors also wake up. They also use similar um, verbiage to discuss, like, when they're ready to, ex- when they're ready to leave, um, if they're actually, like, in a cult, cult uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think, I think that that's, it's similar here and I, not even similar. I think it's the same. Honestly, and, like, um, I think I grew up in a cult mentality. I really do. Like me and my, we joke about it. Me and my sister, about the cult of Jimbo, my dad, mm. but our entire existence revolved around how he was feeling. Don't do that. That'll upset your father. No, your father doesn't like it. Mm. Yes. Your father were like that. Do that for your father. Like every decision action every piece of food in the house every piece of clothing that we wore we weren't allowed to wear certain clothes because no your father wouldn't everything was about him and how he felt and and he made that known too like he just he understood that it was all about him and when and basically what he all he reinforced was like we are a good family nothing is wrong at home you are loved and you are taken care of. And it's like, if you have to tell me I am loved and taken care of repeatedly on a daily basis, mm-hmm. like he used to, always, I always, I always used to get yelled at for you treat your teachers with more respect than you do me. 
and mm-hmm. I didn't have the language as a child, but now I realize my teachers treated me with more respect than you treat me with. Like, my teachers respect me more. They listen to me when I talk. They like my ideas. I like my... Te- I, I think I loved my teachers, especially as a young child. Mm-hmm. I did not really have much love for my parents. Don't. And it's just very, like... It's like shit <laughs> to deal with that that sort of like realization that like you grew up in this cult, but like I started to look like as like as a as a kid, like I would look at other people's houses and I was like, they live wrong. Like your your life is incorrect because your life is not like my life. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to break that. Like you would think that I grew up in some like conservative Christian fucking cult. No, I just grew up in the cult of my dad because whatever the fuck he wanted was whatever the fuck happened. And so we we played this perfect family for everyone else, but then when the doors closed, it was shit breaking and smashing and going off the rails, and I'm awake at four o'clock in the morning, and then I'm just supposed to go to school the next day. Like, I didn't not sleep all night because Dad was up throwing shit and acting like a fool. Mm-hmm. But, but we have the perfect life. And I mm-hmm. genuinely thought for the longest time that was normal and perfect, and then I woke up. I, the only thing different for me was that I always knew it was wrong. Mm. Um, I didn't have the words to know exactly why it was wrong. But um, I knew that my father doing very similar things, mm-hmm. uh, especially the smashing mm. and the whole, you know, don't, mine was don't tell anyone. That too. Yeah. That, that you too. know, don't like, tell anyone what happens in this house. It's private. Right. Yeah. This how everything that happens here is, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nothing leaves the And I knew it was wrong, and it would eat at me because I knew that my house was a nightmare. And, I mean, the thing is, for me, I mean, it makes me wonder if your father is a narcissist because that's narcissistic behavior. He is. Um, I would say he's pretty textbook. Yeah. He's also um, a Scorpio. (laughs) Ooh, narcissistic Scorpios. Oh, um, was your mic muted? Yep. Oh. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, but... no, both his parents. Yeah. Mm. One million yeah. percent. Just it, classic how narcissistic they yeah. are. Like, you can see his mind click off. I don't exist to him. I, like, he does not, any word I say, he does not listen. He does not hear. He does not process. It just goes, yeah, exactly. It's just like, well. <laughs> it's it's wild. It, it like, is all, it is Jimbo, all him. Like, for example, all the time. this is this is a conversation that I will have in a couple hours with my dad when I see him. Oh, you know, what are you guys doing? You know, what's going on? Oh, you know, we're going to the uh, this paranormal circus tonight. That's, we, there's this show up here. There's a paranormal circus happening. So I'm like, oh, we're going to go this way. Oh, uh, yeah. So the... The airport, uh, yeah, it was real fucking, uh, just no regard. Not even like, oh, that's interesting. Where are you sitting? Did you get good seats? You know, it will, does not care. Does not care. It is not about you. (laughs) It is, uh, where, where is your father from? Kensington. He's from Kensington. Born and raised. Um, I always, I always thought that that attitude that my father had was, uh, was a really old school, um, 
kind of a, a country bumpkin kind of thing. That's what I always thought. My dad's That's kind of like a wannabe country guy. From. He's real weird like that. Like, he's totally a city dude. Like, born and raised in Philly his whole life, but loves him some NASCAR, loves the whole Florida Southern, has a Confederate flag. Need I say more? No. Yeah. So he yeah. became a country fucking bumpkin. He yeah. literally became Florida man. Yeah. No, he, and yeah. By the way, to our, to our audiences who live in country areas who grew up there, I who am are not, not talking. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that being like from no the country makes here. you a horrible person. Just as a heads up. There's a stereotype um, that comes with every region, I guess, that you live in. Yeah. I'm Philly trash. Hello. <laughs> we destroy robots <laughs> and throw batteries at Santa. <laughs> I the cried when we killed that robot. The hitchhiker, Stop. the hitchbot. I cried. I, I actually cried. <laughs> that popped up again in like on Twitter. It was like, oh, a hitchbot. You know, it made it through Canada with no problem, and then it ended up in Philly with no fucking arms. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> I actually cried for the robot. I know that sounds so stupid, but I actually cried. I we was dedicate. So upset. This episode of Witches Fix to Hitchbot. May he rest in peace. <laughs> but... Oh, man. <laughs> that was really good. I know, Thanks. that was pretty good. <laughs> it's like I used to do it for 18 years. <gasps> it never fails to make me giggle that Jim is an openly gay witch and the catholic churches in south philly love to hear him sing and they pay him right. money to sing and it just tickles my pickle to know that well don't worry all i will say because i don't want the catholic church to see this and like harm him in any way so he's gotten his revenge that's all i'll say <laughs> Uh, just <laughs> makes me just so happy to know that he still sings with the churches, right? Nothing has changed. Yeah, it's his. Oh, okay. part of yeah, his job. I was gonna say that's mostly his main money. income. Yeah. Mm. Bless. Hilarious. <laughs> he most certainly did. <laughs> oh gosh. So speaking just of so what know, are we, we're all church, debating, what are... we need to wear. Oh, sorry. No, I was, just, I was like, just so you know, Catholic Church, some of your altar boys are gay, too. <laughs> A lot of your <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> oh, God, that got dark. I'm like, doesn't it make it easier that way? Oh, God. I, well, so, I was so, talking so, as far so, as how so, Jim got his revenge. <laughs> uh, I, I want to tell you, Sophia, so we're all attending a, a witch's ball in October. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to wear. <laughs> I'm gonna be. Uh, you're like our fashionista here, it. so like. <laughs> huh? Get yourself a good hat. That's what I said. <laughs> we went to Spirit of Halloween yesterday, and I was trying out all these different hats. Are they open? We went over okay. to Marlton, New Jersey. Jersey. <clears throat> Took a little Hear crazy me out, road though. trip. Mm. Handmade leather hat fit for you. In a style you'd actually wear. Do that. See, I tried bowler hats. They didn't look good. Top hats, they didn't look great either. The wizard hat looked pretty good, actually. Brim? Yeah, you could get a wizard hat. But yeah. what about like the wide brim witch hat, too? 
It doesn't even have to be leather. Right. The, okay, so my it all starts hat? with the hat. So my outfit is going to be designed around whatever the fuck hat I pick. Most, a lot of good wizards I know have a hat. I know, because like Crystal Rapello, he always has the, um, where's like a Jeff cap? Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, he always has the, the hat. But I can't do that. I can't Which copy his style. not so much. We, we, <laughs> we sport necklaces. Yeah, Scott's usually the one that's got like 10,000 fucking necklaces on. <laughs> I, I, I have that down to two now. Oh, you pared that's it down. because I, I finally... Um... I just remember the, the first time I ever met yeah, Scott was at a Pagan Pride event. Actually, it was in 2014, the second year they did the event. First time I ever met Scott. And you just... <laughs> there's so many. It was I, like you know, all tangled up. <laughs> you, know, you know what? You know what? I think that... Um... I used amulets at that time to protect me from Everything. emotional shit too. And I remember uh, one of my, um, I didn't really have teachers. I like to call them mentors. But when I was working at Harry's, um, one of the people there, he always said to me, he's like, um, whenever I couldn't see too well, when I couldn't uh, perceive spirits and receive psychic impressions, he was like, you're wearing too much protection. You know that and makes I would, sense. I though, would yeah. take off layers, and all of a sudden, it would open up. Yeah, it's kind of um, like you know, like if you want to work with the Fey, well, like maybe iron whatever off of you know, <laughs> right, whatever you right. do. Um, that or superheat it in a and and quench your iron in a tincture of Detora, and then you're oh good. really? Wow, I've just realized why the iron is a word against the Fey, and it's such a fuck you move. Um, because like they ruled the planet until humans took iron out of stone, right? And so it's basically like a ha ha fuck you, don't fuck with me thing. And they're like, oh, this son of a bitch. Yeah. Is know? that where that comes from? <laughs> like, I is that like didn't... a? There are parts. Thing? Of, there's still parts of things. I mean, I know that. Um... From like I only know like they can't come from the water, but yeah, they're supposed to be ancient. Like they mm. were supposed to be here before um humanity was Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Um Yeah, I forget what I was saying, but yes. <laughs> well, we are at like an hour and seven, so we've really come up on our hour and I think we've kind of um one last thing. One last mm. thing, if you don't mind. Does anybody want to hear about a dream that I had that I posted on my Facebook about? Yes. I did read that, and I want to hear you retell it here. Because it was very wild. So, yeah. I want to, like, tell all of you about it. I'm, like, really excited <laughs> to talk to you. So, I had this really, really um, out-of-the-blue experience. And a couple days ago, I was falling asleep. And I sometimes... I'm not as lucid in my sleep as I used to be, but that's because I don't meditate not nearly as much as I should. Um, but years ago, I was meditating more frequently, and I would lucid dream much more frequently. But um, the good thing is, is that once you kind of learn lucid dreaming, and and you you know you kind of can kind of remain sometimes. Well, anyway, I could feel myself falling asleep every night. I can actually feel the sort of that drawing closed sort of moving backwards sort of feeling and as soon as i reach that moment all of a sudden i'm looking at myself like it almost made me feel like i woke up again like that's how quick um 
I'm looking through a sort of, not a window, but just like a an opening. Um, and I'm looking at myself kneeling on a stone floor. Now, everything behind me is empty blackness. And everything in front of me, I can only see me through because of a, a moon, a full moon, that was shining through a hole in the ceiling of what I later perceived to be like this stone structure. Um, like like a almost like a gothic stone chaplet of some kind. Um and everything uh everything untouched by the moon's light was just empty darkness. I couldn't see outside of anything lit up by the moon. And there was a recess in a wall in front of me. And out of that recess, out of the, the empty blackness, stepped out a figure, and his face was, um, he was humanoid, um, and his face would, would have been a human face, but half of the face was a skull, like an exposed skull, and the other half was bark and really thick vines, almost as if, like, the bark was his skin and, and the skull was underneath. Uh, skeleton underneath right and there was um moss on on the cheek of the skull and and there were uh vibrant really of uh, really vibrant green uh, uh plumage um or, or what have you uh on on him in different places and he wore a crown and a red mantle um it almost kind of looked like a stereotypical like you know the halloween king costume mm -hmm. Red sort of thing, but which I found out is actually a real thing. Um, the mantle was, but it was only worn during like coronations and like particular ceremonies uh, back in medieval time. Hmm. But anyway, he wore a crown and a red mantle, and I don't remember if we talked, but I remember not being afraid of him. But it was interesting because um, as he stepped out, the moon sort of like followed him, like as he stepped out of the shadow, the moon followed him. And it lit up, like, at first, it was, like, this view of, like, his face, like, this, of, like, right here. And as he stepped further out, I could see him. At this point, like, when I saw, when he steps out and I could see the eyes, I suddenly was, like, no longer standing on the outside. I was actually on the floor, like, looking through my own eyes. Mm -hmm. And he steps out and he says, I am the green god. Just like that. And I don't remember if we talked after that, but what I remember is he gently reaches his hand down to pick me up, and I instinctually just grab his hand, and I, I, he hoists me up, and he moves the other hand as if to sort of move a curtain. You know how, like, you, bow, mm. you, you move a curtain? And I look... And the wall that he came out of, it's a stone wall, but there's, like, vines and, like, really thick vines. And it was interesting because the shape of the vines was, um, like a womb. <laughs> and he moves it like a curtain, and it opens up into this rich green glade with, like, birds and natural ponds and, like, greenery everywhere as far as the eye can see. And... I knew to follow, um, and I started to, and then Darian started thrashing in his sleep, and I'm a light sleeper. I mm -hmm. don't, um, I don't dream, I don't sleep real heavy, 
um, especially not having just fallen asleep, right, which yeah. is something to note here. Um, I have really bad insomnia and I sleep really bad. And um, so he, uh, as soon as that happened, I got pulled out of it. But um, the fact of the matter is I don't sleep well. How did I start dreaming when I first fall asleep? That doesn't happen to me. I'm, I'm, I don't sleep. Um, My other question sure to you is, did you, was, um, huh? did you smoke before you started? To... I did. You I did? did. Okay. I did smoke. But smoking doesn't generally cause me... It actually generally actually stops me from dreaming. Same. Um, I generally so don't dream when I smoke. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of people say that. A lot of people say that. For me so, and Drew, it is that is not the case. It's one of the great big benefits for me actually is I don't have to put up with my fucking dreams. And it yeah, generally speaking, I fall into a deep, deep like dreamless sleep when I smoke. Which is why I do it, so I can actually feel rested. Um, but this is how I know it was something else. Um, because all these things don't match up to just how my body works. And I am very in tuned with how my body behaves. Especially and with abnormal. sleep, because you right. have difficulty sleeping, so you're very I've aware of the process of your sleep. Life, I've had difficulty sleeping entirely. And so this, this was odd. And then to make it even weirder, and this was like that like synergic synchronicity type stuff, the entire next day, so A24 is a production company. Um, they often do a lot of uh, uh, folk horror. They love mm. the folk horror genre. And, Are those, um, those they, the ones that did The Witch? Yeah, A24. I think folk horror is my go-to, is my go-to genre for horror. I used to say yeah, I wasn't a horror was fan, and then I watched that, that movie. That is one that I want to see. Oh, you haven't um, seen it? No. Oh, it's I amazing. Um, but uh, there's one called The Green Knight. Now, if you know anything about The Green Man, mm. you know that there there is a connection to the ancient Arthurian legend where one of the Knights of the Round Table, his further, there, there is actually further story mm -hmm. of, um, I believe it's Lancelot. I'm not 100% certain, but... Um, he goes off to then become uh, essentially the green god or uh, the green man mm. through this sort of supernatural fae-like adventure that he sets out onto. And um, it's interesting that, like, now I didn't even real like, because I knew that they made the, the Green Knight, I thought it was ages ago, but mm. all of a sudden now it's like <clears throat> popping back up all over right. my social media the next day. And I haven't looked it up. I haven't been... I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking up the Green Man. I, I wasn't even thinking about the Green Man. And all of a sudden, the Green Man shows up. Now, here's a detail that I didn't, nobody knew, and now everyone will know. Um, when I was looking at myself on the outside, looking in, the person kneeling, and this is interesting because of therapy, as I've discussed here before, was a younger version of me. Mm. Not a child. Just younger. But younger and like still an adult mm, close like borderline 18, 19 like, 20 post high school mm -hmm. and that was really interesting um and given the uh the regenerative and transformative um attributes of of the green man and his particular virtues that was that was particularly uh revealing 
um, for me. So I definitely kind of want to go back there uh, to, to, to meditate and to hopefully bring myself back there. Um, but I thought there was just a really interesting story. That is incredibly. Like, that was such a vivid, detailed dream. Like that's you another remember it was so, so much. Detailed. I could yeah. feel. I could feel the rock underneath of my knees. Like I was actually like like when I tell you, I could feel it. Right. If you ever kneel down on like stone, it hurts and yeah. it's uncomfortable. Hello. And that's what it felt like. Yeah. Like I could feel it, and I don't. That's not how I dream. That's not right. You know. My dreams are weird. Like I normally, I know this is lame, but um, because of my insomnia, people with insomnia, uh, apparently it's a thing I saw on TikTok. We uh, we like to sort of create these like um stories in our head to help us fall asleep. It's our version of counting sheep. It's just more interactive. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, normally I kind of go like I'll like replay like moments from like D and D or 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 some kind of like uh, fantasy story that I have going on in my head and I act it out and I fall asleep through that. So my dreams end up generally being like these ridiculous, um, you know, Things amalgam you, of, of yeah. high fantasy and my, my life, you know? Um, so this was, this was distinct. This was like, I would definitely say unusual. that's definitely like, I mean, something visited, obviously. Right. Like it right. would be silly to say, no, <laughs> that that right. wasn't. Like, this was... This is too strange. Right, because no one shocked. wants to be the witch that's like, yes, I was personally visited by the green god himself. <laughs> you know, like, I, no one right. wants to be like, like gets, that. But... Right, because it's contrite. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? When you start to do that, it, it's, you know, it's 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 self-important, it's contrite, <laughs> you know. So, but, like, I want to be logical, but, like, how could you be logical in the face of something supernal? You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I feel that. But, yeah, that was that was pretty powerful. It really was. Now, like, I have this That's thing. That's a good where, like, Scott I... quote. How can you be logical in the face of something supernal? <laughs> T-shirts. T-shirts. Yay, Scott quotes. <laughs> oh. We should have a dreams what? channel. Don't we? Also, wow, I look jacked just by casually sitting. Like, every time I move, I'm like, I'm, my arms look huge. What the fuck? It was funny. <laughs> there was something so well-timed. You were, like, stretching back. And I really was hoping oh, we were no. not going to have a fashion like a disaster um, <laughs> on stream. But Scott, has, but Scott had said the word revealing as you were stretching back. And I was like, well, that's just well-timed. <laughs> It's really funny. <laughs> Scott was like, it was very revealing. And Sophia's like, too. I look like a long hot dog. Like stretch infinitely. I was like, how for how much further can she stretch? Quite <laughs> oh, a fair bit. Huh? I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm I'm admiring my beard in the in the camera. I'm like, I wish my beard was this red in real life. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like my like I look like a completely different person off camera. Um when you can see all my imperfections, but I actually do have eyebrows. Yeah. They they do exist. Um they do. on camera they don't. <laughs> I do I have eyebrows. I'm so buff. Like look at me. <sighs> we should all just yeah, sit here. Like I'm just gonna, like, we should all just have an episode. We all just sit here and just admire. Admire. 
my like art scraggly piece. mountain man attempt beard that i'm i like your beard shush <laughs> thank you you're welcome. i'm keeping it i usually um i get comments from rob rob is very invested in my beard growth and development so i have decided i was like should i shave before pagan pride or just let it be all wild and crazy i had to let it be wild and crazy rob can progress <laughs> a true art appreciate it yes uh, well we're at like an hour and 20 um all right i think we i'm also very hot and i want to turn my air conditioner back on because i can't run it while we record <laughs> oh yeah do that and you have dnd today right nope <gasps> oh, did no get... unfortunately uh the dm he had to put his dog down so oh jesus no no dnd no dnd yeah we're gonna take some time on a side note, Jay, you should get back into Destiny. Arc 3.0 launches this next week, which means that every subclass is updated to the new system where you no longer select your entire build with like one path. You get to pick every ability and aspect, how they line together. Oh, I actually was um, yeah. in he Destiny like today. Yeah, I've been playing bit. off and on. I'm like trying I'm... to play through like the old content and catch up. I need the Switch yeah. to come out with, like, a really good, like, MMORPG. I really, really need them. That's what this is, we Scott. You could play it with us. It's like just not on Switch. drop that <laughs> off to you. Yeah, that's all we have on Switch. Huh? We have a plan. Yeah, it... Yes. That's right. World PS4. And there's right. several MMOs on there. Like, one, Destiny. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're into that. Um, but there's oh, also Magic Bless Space Unleashed. Halo. There's Neverwinter is on PS4. Uh, yep. There's a bunch Elder of them. Scrolls. Genshin I really do Impact, think you'd like, you'd like Destiny. Um, did you ever play Halo, Scott? Mm -mm. Well, you might like this because the game is all about gay space magic. Like, most of the main it characters is. are gay. And, like, it's, gay, it's, gay, it's, gay, it's amazing. Gay, gay. They unironically have a gay robot in it. Okay? They do. <laughs> He reminded me. There's this. There's a gay comedian. And he's 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 from Italy, but he lives here. And he's like the the irony of how in 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 Italy how you say gay is just gay, gay, <laughs> gay. <laughs> it's the title of this episode: gay but Italian. <laughs> gay. gay, gay, but making Italian. Now, what did gay? Rue was putting together a scavenger hunt for Pagan Pride Day for, the, for like a kids activity, and it's like all these zodiac signs. I love that. And you were writing the symbol for what was it, Libra? It looks like the one for Scorpio, but gayer. <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> You're like, is the Scorpio one in? Is it Gemini? I don't know. I don't know them off the top of my head. <clears throat> Two of the symbols it's look really Virgo. similar. Virgo. Virgo is gay Scorpio. Virgo is gay Scorpio. Got it. Yes. That is the title of wow. this episode. Okay. Virgo is gay Rude. Scorpio. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Considering I have a Scorpio ascendant, a Virgo, a Virgo moon. As the Virgo of the group. We bought a photo box to take to put things in, to take pictures, to put on the shop. The product pictures. Scorpio rising. Be. Like a photo box. Yeah, I'm excited to see your game. It's gonna be cute. You're really good at those, creating these cute little games for the kids. Oh, I was. 
last year it was my uh... first 12 list my first list of 12 riddles that was rated too difficult for children's minds and then we had to go back and simplify them <laughs> well that's okay there's like these riddles and i was like what are these like five dollar words you're like dropping in for these kids and i was like i wouldn't even know what zodiac sign this is <laughs> i have a master's degree <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> I was like, you're a little too abstract. <laughs> like, we gotta go color, season, animal, like... Simple, simple. <laughs> How many stars in the constellation? <laughs> Not for suit. Wherefore art the zodiac? I am the ethereal hunter in the skies of mankind years ago. Uh, Sagittarius? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I can't. I'm done. Ri- I'm done ripping on my wife. Bed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> go eat food. Yes, go eat food, everyone. I'll everyone. Talk everyone. Have a good day. I'll talk to you all later. Thank Easter you, everyone. Day. Always be the day. <laughs>